you know, you kind of been doing this W2 capitalist investing stuff on the side. He goes, man, the training wheels have been kicked off. He goes, can yep. you imagine how fast and far you're going to go now? Mm. Well, you don't have those restrictor plates on. I was Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I got Jay Helms. Jay, how are you doing today? I'm great, Todd. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. Well, excited to have you on the show. Um, why don't you give our listeners a bit about your background, what you got going on today? Yeah. So you know how most parents stress over how they're going to financially provide uh, for their growing families, right? So I, I'm one of those people, and I finally discovered uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and then got in like every real estate investor, and then got into just adding to our portfolio. And then, you know, year after year, now we're going on six years of being investors. And I proudly call myself a COVID-19 layoff <laughs> because it was the kick in the pants that I needed to really, to really get focused on this stuff. So, mm. you know, I run the group W2 Capitalist. Uh, that's yep. been a growing community for the last couple of years. And uh, it really, this is being laid off was the best thing to happen uh, to me in 2020. Cause that, you know, I needed that push. I needed that push to do it. But so, you know, we're growing the W2 capitalist. Uh, we got, you know, over 50 members in the mastermind now and we're continuing to grow our real estate investing portfolio. Um, and it's, it's, it's been amazing to see, you know, I I've got a guy in my mastermind, uh, when I, the first, when the news first came out, that got laid off, he sent me a pair of training wheels, like bicycling training wheels. And, and he's, he, cause he made the statement. He said, you know, you kind of been doing this W2 capitalist investing stuff on the side. He goes, man, the training wheels have been kicked off. He goes, can yep. you imagine how fast and far you're going to go now? Mm. Well, you don't have those restrictor plates on. I was like, wow. And then he, and then he capped it off by sending his kid apparently, had just uh, taken them off of his bike and he shipped nice. to me. I didn't know nice. they were coming. I went to the mail, <laughs> get the mail one day, and there was a box in there. I was like, "What is this?" And definitely, it was, just a, it was a training wheel. I got my training wheels kicked off. So, um, but it, it's been amazing, you know, to see and, and do and and uh, for the last seven. So I got laid off in May. So now you know we're seven, eight months into it. Um, still have some fear and anxiety a little bit, but the amazing thing about real estate investing and having, you know, a side hustle with a WG capitalist is we, we landed on our feet pretty well. And it's not like I had a, a small salary. I mean, I was making, uh, well in the six figures that just went away and, you know, not having that comfort blanket there, my wife and I, we had to get in this little bunker for a minute. All right, let's, resist. let's see what we, what we need, what we can you know, we're kinda, I call it living the high life, but she will not say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but we eventually, you know, we eventually landed uh, to, we readjusted, not landed, but we re readjusted. So you got the, the real estate kind of side hustle. You got the, the W2 capitalist side hustle going. Um, when you, you, you stopped your six figure pay job right um like it forcefully stopped it <laughs> you didn't you didn't stop yeah. it <laughs> but take like take me through that and you tell you said we you landed pretty well um 
Now, I'm sure a lot of people are like, wow, that if I lost my job, we'd be like, we'd be screwed. Like, I can't, you lost a job in May and we're sitting here talking and it's the end of December, right? Yeah. Uh, Take me through that and, you know, how you got yourself set up so people can kind of see what, what you've done. And, and the, it's kind of like one of these uh, claims to fame, like overnight rock stars or whatnot, your overnight success. Right. It's not, it's not how that happened. Right. It was mainly the way we were able to do that is because we had been adding to our rental portfolio for the last six years and almost all of our living expenses were are covered by our, our rental properties. Right. And, and we were doing that and there's a, there's a small gap when I say that, you know, a couple of grand every month that was not covered by our rental properties and our other income. And, you know, we were, we were just kind of, again, we just kind of landed on our feet. Now, when we went from not having my W2 income, you know, that was a, that was a couple of different things that when I think about that is our, not only is it just the money, but as a whole the benefits, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. uh, the insurance, holy crap is insurance expensive when you try to get it on the, uh, anywhere from other than an employer, uh, we're finding that out, you know, and we just, we took advantage of a lot of, a lot of programs that we could, um, a lot of people kind of cringe when I tell them this, but you know, we, we were able to file for forbearance, uh, because we met, we met the requirements, yeah. right? We met the requirements and, you know, we didn't have a Fannie or, or FHA. We didn't have any kind of loan government backed loan. And every couple of months we'll get a letter chases our, our, uh, has our mortgage and we'll get a letter from them saying, Hey, what is, uh, what's your status? Do you still need help? And we're like, yep, still need help. And I'm going to push that as far as I can. Right. Because that's a, that's again, it's, it's about two grand a month that, uh, that, uh, if I don't have to spend right now, I don't want to. Right. Now the question is what happens when they finally have enough and they say, okay, uh, you got to pay or you got to, you know, at some point in time, we're going to start paying and that's fine. Right. We've got the money in the bank. We've done very good saving and, and whatnot. And we, we could definitely do that. And there's, you know, there's some questions about whether or not, um, what some of these private lender mortgage companies are going to do, uh, are they going to require the whole lump sum to catch you up? Right. Once you pay again, or are they going to tack it on the end of the, uh, um, at, at the end of the mortgage and that's all up for grabs right now with, with, uh, FHA and any federal bank loan, I believe those guys have said, Hey, we're going to tack it on at the end of the loan for right now. But I mainly did this for an experiment, uh, to see, cause there was a lot of misinformation out there about how this is going to affect your credit. What's it going to do for, for your lendability, whatnot. And I'll tell you, so we're six months into forbearance and my credit has done nothing but go up. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, so let's just keep riding this. Let's see how far we can go, see how far we can take, take it. And uh, I've been doing some, you know, updating my progress as we go along on my YouTube channel, which has been some of the more popular videos out there. So, so one of the things I've, I've got to do this is actually my most important to do is to update that on where we're at. Uh, and I need to, I need to do that this week. If I can find some time, I mean, it's, you know, between Christmas and new year's, we're trying to take it a little easy, but, um, but so yeah, so that people, that's part of it. Um, could, could people just, uh, search your name on, on YouTube 
and they can and find search that. for uh, W2 Capitalist. W2 Capitalist. Okay. Yep. Yep. Huh. Interesting. That, that's really cool that you're kind of documenting that and showing how that, how that's going. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that did it. There's people out there that maybe will have to, that maybe even haven't done it yet. Um, so it's, it's interesting to document that. I think that's really cool that you did that. Well, and the other thing too, is I feel like, you know, 70, uh, 70% of, you know, you look at any study, uh, Garrett Gunderson's a guy I follow and he, he's got this saying, and I don't, I don't think he did the study himself. It was some newspaper news reporter, 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there was 50, 40 to 50 million people laid off for several months. Some of them still haven't gone back to work. And so I, I, I'm as a real estate investor, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, this is going to be huge for there's got to be a buying season come. There's got to be a buying season coming along. And I'm in a unique position to not have to worry about what other people are going to publish or what other people are going to say is going to happen. I can actually live this out every, every day or every month, every hour you want to look at it and be that much closer to the entire situation. So when, when this thing does turn, cause I feel like we're at the height, right. Or we're almost to the height and this thing does turn that I'm going to have direct information and direct, you know, be in a direct position to say, no, this is actually what's happening. Uh, or, Hey, this is my experience. Right. Yep. And really rely on that to, to plan my next move. Yep. Yep. Do you feel like, um, there's going to be through this foreclosures that are going to really flood the market or what, what's your thought there? I, I do. I think there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. I think there's also going to be a lot of people who are, um, you know, they're going to be at a point where they just can't do anything and they're going to have to have somebody take over payments or, or whatnot. So I, I, I think the market is going to get flooded. Now flooded is a relative word, right? right? Um, there was, I had an argument with a guy on Facebook the other day or a couple of weeks ago. And I, we were talking about this very same thing. And, and he came up, he said, he actually brought data to support his theory, but his theory was just completely wrong because he took some screenshots of the foreclosure numbers uh, for 2020. And he said, look, if you look, the foreclosure numbers dropped off in March, right? And we're now at the lowest levels we've ever been and blah, 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 blah. And I was mm -hmm. like, buddy, you don't realize that the CARES Act was enacted on, in late March, which means you can't, that's when the forbearance started. That's when the foreclosure stopped, right? For, for non-payment. I said, so what you're saying is correct, but you're saying it because this CARES Act was enacted right yep. which yep. ended you know ended up um and i think he finally understood what i was saying but I, I do think once all the forbearances are over with you know who knows what's going to happen right now most privatized banks came out and said hey we're going to give you a couple of months to get back on your feet and then we're going to readjust right and they're coming back every couple of months at least in my experience they're coming back every couple of months and asking the same questions and doing the same thing who who knows how long that's going to go the other thing is that federal backed mortgages like FHA or FAA, those guys said, Hey, you have six months forbearance, which were in into the end of that, right? With the option to renew for another six months. So they're going to give people a full year. So we won't necessarily know until late 
2021 really what's going to happen uh as far as these floodgates how big they're going to be or how big they're going to open because if you think about it the bank doesn't foreclose on you the moment you stop paying right right it's going to be three or four months down the road so depending on if you applied for forbearance in march april may whenever you did then you have up to uh six to twelve months plus some right before before you see that. So I'm, I'm kind of watching that and kind of stacking cash as much as possible uh, to put myself in a position to, to pounce on it when it happens. Cause I do think it's going to happen. Um, it's just a matter of when, right. Well, and it's, you know, right now, I mean, it, you can't foreclose on somebody on, at the earliest yeah. until January 31st. I think it was, it was just signed, I think yesterday by, by Trump. And so, I think it got extended to January 31st. And that means you can't start the process. Doesn't yeah. mean you can't finish. It's not, that's not when you finish the process. So like you said, yeah. it's still like four to six months later. It depends on the state. You know, some states it takes six plus months. Some states it only takes a few months. But uh, look, we're, we're and, looking. And, and those the, averages are pre-COVID, right? Everything's pre-COVID. moving slower. Everything's moving slower because of COVID now. And how many right? lenders on January or February 1st are going to go? We're foreclosing on you today. We're filing yeah. today, right now. No, they're going to talk with you. They're going to try to get you yeah. to start making payments. They're going to try to work with you. And so you're right. We're probably not going to see even what this looks like, even like get a crack into it until probably closer to the end of 2021, mid 2021 yeah. at the very earliest. Um yeah, uh, but I would I would expect agree. like you're you're in uh, October, November, December before we even get the crack and, and look at what's going on. Yeah. It'll be definitely yeah. interesting to see. And uh, like you said, you're going to have front row seats to what's going to happen, whether it floods or whether it trickles. Um, but like your Facebook argument, uh, I, I would agree with you. And obviously, the person who posted it was technically correct right i mean uh, there hasn't been foreclosures Foreclosures have been uh there's uh, the lowest they've ever been right years right but what that all all that does is that means all those people that should have gotten foreclosed in may in june july august and so on exactly they just they're being pushed forward and now now their domino is waiting to be stacked yeah that's (laughs) That's all all it is is. it's like we're we're just layering up the cake that's it So, um, so I, I, you know, I think it, it speaks to me though, you know, you had this great paying W2 and I think it's really, you know, it's, it's funny because you've got this, maybe not funny, but you've got this W2 capitalist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, but, but you know where I'm going? Like you've got this W2 capitalist. You've been talking to people about just not just having this W2 have, if you have a W2, that's fine. Um, That's what you had, but we got to be doing something else, right? We've got to be putting our money in places that are going to grow our money in cash flow in real estate. Let's, let's get something going with our money. And, and you actually did that. And then what happens you in, in, this is like perfect. And I think it's actually, I think it's a blessing. It, it, yeah, this is like, absolutely. this is going to be life-changing for you in a positive manner, but you get laid off. Now you get to actually practice what you preach. And now you like, when you're talking with people, 
about what you've done. Wow. The proof is in the pudding right here. You mm-hmm. aren't sitting here. Like you, you don't have to completely scramble. You're not homeless. I mean, like you have <laughs> rental income that is coming yeah. in and it's per, again, you practice what you preach. You got laid off. Not that you maybe didn't want to, you know, you maybe you didn't want to, but man, train wheels came off though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the competitive side of me, I, I was pretty pissed off. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you for were a couple of days and, and because it, and you know, when, when you get let go, cause I work for a public company and everything they do has to be uh, publicized Yeah, and you know, which basically meant I got to see at my level, what managers stayed and which managers left. And you're like, I'm better than And that. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. So for a couple of days, I moaned around the house, right? Yeah. I moped around and, and, and then, you know, I was like, you know what? This is the best kick in the ass I've ever needed yeah, to really take off. And, and, but you're right. You know, if, if we had not been building that uh, investment portfolio and that side hustle and just being stuck with a W2, I would be like most everybody else right now scrambling yeah. Uh, to try to find a job that I don't want, but I'm looking for a paycheck because my family needs it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I've been in that situation before where I worked for a paycheck because it was really good money, but the job absolutely sucked ass. And I, I can only express to you the, how stressful that is, how that, you know, I was on anxiety medications, which I'm no longer on. Um, I was on, um, it, because I would bring all of that stress and anxiety from the job I hated home. And if I, if any married person knows you're going to have fights regardless, right. It's yeah. just part of being married. But the intensity of those arguments that my wife and I had were just so different. Uh, I was like, all right, something's going to change. So, yeah. um, you know, that, it, so now that was kind of a previous before this job that I got laid off, the job that I got laid off on the kicker of the pants is I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was the easiest job I ever had. I worked with some really good people. Uh, the employees I, ha- I had about, I had a crew of um, nine folks and yeah. uh, unfortunately half of them got let go too. And they didn't have, they don't have any sort of rental income coming in. And, and, um, but we, we had a really good, we had a really good team. We were hitting all sorts of sales goals and and that's, that's the kicker of it. Cause the, uh, you know, we had a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with sales comp plans, but there are cap comp plans and there's uncapped comp plans basically means if you hit a certain number of sales then you no longer earn extra commission or whatnot. Um, and last, uh, six months, four out of the last six months that I was there, we capped our commission plans. So it made it even more confusing why I was being let go. And, and it, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I was ever given the correct answer. I think it was more of a um, comfort issue for, for the boss that I had at the time. Yeah. But who knows? Um, and again, thankful that it happened. I mean, I, I, again, I moped around for a couple of days, but now I'm like, hell yeah. I am glad somebody finally pushed me out of the bird's nest because I never would have taken the, uh, the guts to do it myself. You know, well, the, the, the chains have been broken. The training wheels yeah. have, have come off and, and now you're able to really focus on what you're passionate about. You're able to build your portfolio even bigger and you're, you're able to give more back with this W2 capitalist, um, 
mastermind group and group that you've got going on. Take me through that group. Like, what are you guys doing in that group? And and what what's the what's the purpose? I I, I know I kind of know it, but take take me a little deeper and take our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you hear the word mastermind. Um, it's all over the place on as far as definition, but it's, it's a group of like-minded people who, um, you know, want to see each other su- uh, succeed. Most, most of the folks coming in, they don't know one another outside of the W2 capitalist, but they've, they've come to know each other. They've had in-person uh, meetups because all that we do is virtual. It has been since its inception um, in 2018. And, you know, we have um, 20 plus virtual sessions every month and they're divided up amongst uh, uh, investing niches, right? So if you're a multifamily person, there's a virtual session for that. If there's, if you're a fixed flip and, and burr person or a wholesaler, there's a niche person, a niche session for that. And we get in there and we, and we just, we talk amongst like-minded people, but it's a little bit more, it's, it's not just this big there's some structure to it, which yeah. we're, which yeah, we're yeah. always tweaking and turn, uh, um, uh, to make better, right. Tweaking and polishing to make better. But, you know, we come in we, we have three things. Number one is, is, you know, what's the big win for the week, right. Or the, ever since the last time the person was on the call, cause we want to celebrate that with them. We want to hear that success because, you know, Todd, if you come in the call and you've had a really awesome week or a really awesome couple of weeks, and I've had some really shitty weeks because a lot of people don't talk about how when real estate investing, there's some crappy stuff that happens too. They just see yeah. the, the limelight. Everything's unicorn and rainbows, right? <laughs> well, I hate to break it to those newbies. It's not always like that. We want you to hear those successes um, because they happen and right. And they should be encouraging, motivating. So we start out every call with a person uh, who's on the hot seat talking about that. And then we get into some accountability items. Uh, one of being which, hey, did you, did you accomplish what you committed to, uh, saying that you were going to accomplish from the last time you were on the call? Yeah. And then what can we hold you accountable for, uh, the next time? Right. And there's one main rule that I am pretty adamant about is that you, if somebody asks for advice and, and when you're on the hot seat, that's your time to ask for advice and get advice from people who have experience dealing with whatever you're dealing with. And that's the one rule that I have. I will call you out. Other members will call you out on because I think this is where the true power is, is that when somebody asks for advice, then your answer can never be under no circumstances. Well, I heard this in a podcast or I read this in a book. Your answer has to be, well, based on my experience, this is what happened Hmm. because you know, if you guys want to instant message you and say, look, I, I, here's, I read this or whatnot, that's fine. But when we're, when we're in the mastermind session, we're talking about experience, right? Yeah. And, and that yeah. is where the true, true power comes in. And, and newbies come in saying, well, how can I, how can I add value to a group like this? I'm going to be intimidated coming in with all these experienced investors. And the truth is, no, you, you, you might be intimidated, but you're going to quickly warm up to, to realize that this is your REI family that wants to make you successful. And by you asking what you probably think is a really dumb question allows us people who have had that experience kind of relive that and teach you about it, which is one of the best ways that we learn. Right. Yep. Yep. And the experienced person to learn, not necessarily the, the newbie, but so that's, that's kind of the main rule, right? Is don't answer any questions 
uh, unless you've had experience doing it. And there's, there are times when somebody asks a question and we get crickets, right? Because nobody's been through it and they know I'm going to call them out. And then we might bend the rules just a little bit to say, all right, we're some helpful resources. Anybody know about this? Yeah. yeah. For the most part, <laughs> it's, 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 Hey, let's talk about your experience right over here. Cool. Cool. So what's the goal with that group? Uh, you know, now that you're no longer employed, you know, what's the, what's the goal with the group? Is it to expand? Is it to make it part like a big part? I guess what's the goal moving forward for you? Is it to, to massively expand your portfolio? Is it to massively expand this group or maybe it's something completely different to take me through like now where's, where's your vision going? Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. Um, when I was like, made the announcement in the, in the community, um, that question came up, Hey, are we 1099 capitalists now? What's the, you know, or is it just W2? And I was like, no, 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 it's still W2. That's, yeah, yeah. that's where my experience lies. We may, we may transition or I may tr- uh, start up another side hustle with 1099 where I can talk about all my 1099 stuff over there, but, um, no, it's still W2 capitalists. I mean, I, I spent, uh, 20 years uh, in the W2 world. And that's, yeah. that's one of the been the biggest problems for me is to shift from uh, not having a boss and trying to figure out, uh, by the way, I don't know why I just said boss like that, but having a boss where, <laughs> you know, where there was objectives create now I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible yeah. for creating those objectives and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the training wheels uh, example is um, it, it's taken me some time uh, to figure that out, but I'll, I'll tell you one of the best books I've ever read uh, was by Patrick Bet David. It's called Your Next Five Moves. Hmm. Yeah, Your Next Five Moves. Um, and that has tremendously helped me kind of see the future and where I want to go. And w- I've got some stuff in the works. Some of it I, I don't feel comfortable talking about just yet because they are some pretty big moves. Um, but as far as the mastermind, you know, I want to grow that as big as I can make it. Uh, my overarching uh, BHAG, my, my big, hairy, audacious goal for the W2 capitalist is to help 1 million people uh, not stress and worry about how they're going to provide for their family, like being in a That's position cool. that I was in. Because, I, you know, we talk about the last job I had where I was laid off. I think the what I loved about that job is I really didn't need that job. And it just puts you in a separate mindset of going into work every day. Hey, I can go into work or I don't have to. I mean, I had to go into work because I had a team that was, you know, relying on me. But it was one of those things where it's just a total mind shift. Yeah. And, you know, um, you, you did so it I, because you enjoyed it and didn't you weren't stuck to the paycheck necessarily. The paycheck was I nice. Was not, but the paycheck was nice. It provided us a, a, the ability to do a lot of stuff. And one of those is, you know, lendability, you know, when bankers yeah. want to see a W2 yeah. statement uh, and I'm still trying to figure that out. Hey, you know, because I'm in this transition period where uh, we still have all of our rental income. We've got our W2 capitalist income, whatnot. And it's one of those things where a banker looks at that versus what happened last year. And then all these question marks start coming up and I'm not in a hurry to buy anything right now anyway, because of, what's going on in the market, whether it be multifamily or single family. And I'm just like, you know what? We're just going to take a pause from all this. Let the dust settle. Uh, I fully believe there's going to be a buying season that's going to happen, uh, like you were talking about later, 2021. Yep. And I'm going to focus on building out the W2 capitalist brand. And that's been my focus for 
in the last several months, and it will continue to be for a while. I, 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 this last uh, four months ago, I introduced some some mastermind VPs because I used to lead every call that was happening. And there were some guys who had been in the group for a couple of years who, who were wanting to step up and contribute more. And I was like, all right, great. Here's your expertise. Why don't we, why don't we host, you host your own call and uh, you, you know, moderate the call and you coach the people along. So there are some things with the W2 Capitalist that are, are, I'm really, really excited about. Uh, there are some things that I'm also questioning, Hey, is this the right move or is this uh, <laughs> uh, what I shouldn't be doing? But um it's a process, yeah, right? It's always a process. Building your business, it, it, it's always evolving, changing, and yeah, man, it's, yeah. it's always a process. Which is fun. Uh, yeah. I will say though that that at times I'm like, I need to I need to get out of my home office and go play with a family because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can That's I will sit here and I've got that it is it is and and here recently, uh, leading up to a couple of days before Christmas, I mean I I. This is today, uh, is the first day I've really been in my office for like a week, which is unheard of. And like, literally, I mean, I would come in here to charge my phone or whatever, and then I would go back, right. Yeah. I'd go back and hang out with the family. Yeah. And, and today, you know, we're, we're, uh, this is, I spent most of this morning working, but after this I'm done, you know, but I have, I have a list of my most important to do's and there's probably 20 things on there. Right. And every time I knock a couple of off, I'll get this idea or I'll see something that needs to be tweaked and polished and whatnot. So I'll add that on there. It's a never ending process. And that's why I find it extremely addicting and extremely fun because I see how people in the mastermind are, their lives have, have been changed. Yeah. Right. If yeah. you, if you've been in the mastermind for a year, um, well, I'd say, let me back up. There's 80% of the people who've been in the mastermind for a year have more than double their portfolio. Hmm. Right. And they keep staying in the mastermind because they want more and more. And this it becomes addicting to be around other people who are just so encouraging and so motivating. I'm like, yep. how do I grow? So my focus is how do I grow the mastermind out? Right. Yep. I mean, if, you know, uh, my, my BHAG is to help 1 million people, um, not stress over how they're going to provide for their family. But that means they could be a podcast listener, they could be a YouTube watcher, they could be a member sure. of the mastermind or the W2 yeah, yeah. Capitalist community. But the real where the where the value is, where if you want to expedite that process, is through getting in, involved the in the mastermind. And not just not just the W2 Capitalist mastermind. I encourage all of my members, hey, you need to have you need to um be part of at least two masterminds or a mastermind and have a, an accountability partner outside yeah. of the mastermind yeah. and also hire a coach. Uh, yeah. at least once a year for a, like a 90 day sprint. Um, and, and that's it, right. Is, is because that whole momentum just keeps feeding off of one another. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see. So I, my focus is, is building out the mastermind and, and trying to figure out how to market it to where people are like, Oh yeah, I, I should have done this years ago. Right. Like I should have left the W me personally, I should have left the W2 world years ago. Right. But I didn't know. I didn't have the courage to do it. Just like most people don't have the courage to sign up for something because they're like, oh, how much is the time commitment? How much, you know, how much, how much does it cost? Like, yeah. How much does it cost? Whatever. And they're like, well, first of all, if you're asking those questions up front, you're probably not a good fit. That's true. You know, that's true. And, you know, there, there is, we don't let everybody in. Um, yeah. We'll have, you know, I'll hold membership drives every now and then where, you know, the first, um, 
first hurdle you have to get over is take the quiz. We have a, it's very simple. It takes about four or five minutes. Uh, you can find it at w2capitalist.com forward slash quiz. Takes you about five minutes to complete. And there's, you know, the way that you answer those questions is going to tell me a lot about you as a person and your commitment. And I've had people, and I'll tell you at the end of your survey, hey, what the average score is for somebody who's in the mastermind, just to give you some bearing. And I've had people come back that um, I've rejected. I said, look, you know, the way you answer some of the questions is just not, you wouldn't be a good fit for the group. You know, maybe we can try again in a few months or whatnot. And they come back and said, well, I scored higher than the average mastermind member. I was like, well, that's not the point. Uh, right. The point is how you answered specific questions, right? right? I'm not looking for just a anybody to come in who's willing to pay. Um, it, you, you have to be committed and I have to feel like you're committed. Um, I've given a couple of people second chances. Hey, you know, you didn't answer some of these questions exactly how I wanted you to sell me on the idea again on why you would be a good member of the mastermind. And it was, they were bad. <laughs> you know, they were, they're like, well, that's, that's not what I was looking for. Let's, let's try again. Um, well, they got to be a right fit. I agree. I, I, they do. I run some yeah. masterminds too, and you've got to have the right people in place. Yeah. That's what makes the group. It, if you've got people that aren't a fit, they don't add any value. They don't show up to the meetings either. Um, yeah. You know, if you've got a bunch of people that aren't, or not even a bunch, if you've just got a couple people that don't show up, you know, it's not fair to anybody that's involved in that group. They're, they're not adding the value. They're not committed. Um, so you, yeah, you, yeah you've got to have the right people. I, I think that's, that's perfect. Um, I got a couple questions that I want to ask and, uh, and then we're going to wrap up. So, uh, what's a, what's a mistake that you've made in your business or in, you know, the real estate journey and how have you learned from it? How can you give that information to our listeners so they don't make that mistake? <laughs> a mistake, just a mistake. Just, just one. I know, I know you've made probably two, um, just one of those. <laughs> We're talking about today or, <laughs> uh, now, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is, so I'll, I'll go along the lines of don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, you know, I was fearful to leave the W2 because I didn't know, you know, I had my security blanket of that income and that insurance and, you know, lendability we talked about earlier, but I've never experienced the freedom that I have now because I was, you know, kicked out, right. And I was laid off and not to say that, you know, not everybody in the W2 capitalist is, aiming for financial freedom, because if I was aiming for financial freedom, I would have already been there and we, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but I, I feel the calling to help other people to accomplish the same thing, because there is, there is that mindset shift that you have when you no longer rely on your W2. And now you're just working because you enjoy your job or you've discovered your passion is not this, and you can go fund whatever your passion is. Mm that's what I feel called to do. So, and the biggest mistake is I pr I've probably, I have let down hundreds, if not thousands of people, because I didn't, I didn't own up to that and discover that until, you know, in the last six months. So I, I would say, you know, one mistake is, um, not really, let me sum, summarize it like this is eventually you're going to discover, all right, 
having this conversation, doing this activity, thinking about doing this activity, or thinking about having this conversation, you get these butterflies in your system or whatnot, you know, you start feeling nervous, you start having fear and doubt about that whole, whatever that thing is. Well, yeah. guess what? That is exactly the next thing that you need to go do. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to install this in my son. He's six years old and yesterday morning, he's been having, you know, he's losing teeth now. He's of that age. And, and he woke up yesterday morning and he goes, damn, my bottom tooth is really loose. I was like, all right, let's go get it out. He goes, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to do it. You know, he puts his hand over his face and I was like, son, that's like, if we don't go get it out now, you're going to worry about that thing. You're going to play with it. You're going to stress out about it all day long. And I said, you and I are supposed to be playing, you know, playing your new Nintendo switch, all this other stuff today. And let's just do that. He kind of sat there for a minute and goes, okay, let's go get it. So we went downstairs and we got some fishing line. He didn't want me to push on it. He wanted to do the fishing line uh, and put the other end on the handle. It didn't work because the tooth was so small or slippery yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. I ended up pushing <laughs> on it. Uh, he yelled and then walked away saying, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And then he reached in and he pulled it out, you know? Nice. And for the rest of the day, his mind was not on that. And yep. the only time it's come up again is when we put it under his pillow last night. Yeah. Right. Yep. So my long-winded answer but if you if you're afraid of doing something or you start dreading doing something that's the next thing that you need to do my biggest mistake is not realizing that until yeah now yeah yeah so 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 true and such valuable lessons to be able to teach your kids it's valuable lessons to be able to teach other people i mean uh, shoot i i look back and say what i it wasn't my W2 that I had fear of quitting. I quit that fairly easily. And actually I had to convince <laughs> my, I had to convince my wife, uh, I was confident, but what my fear happened is I was really good at flipping properties. I was making money flipping and I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, and I wanted to transition to apartment buildings, but my fear took over and I yeah. continued to flip for, for many years after I wanted to stop or transition mostly out of it. Same thing. I just, there was this fear of making this mistake and of yeah. you know, like, can I really do it? And so, yeah, it, it traps you quickly. And think of how much opportunity you've missed out on because no, of that stinking it, old fear. Stop. Don't, and, don't remind me. It, man. Don't remind <laughs> well, for the listener in the, in the words of John, a cuff is punch that fear in the face. Just go yeah. after it. You know, hundred yeah, percent. Um, so you already gave me a book, your, your next five moves. Do you have another book since you preempted the question? Do you have another book? <laughs> Sorry, to our listeners? Um, you know, oh man, I, there's, there's so many, I'm, I'm looking at my top shelf back there. Um, uh, yeah. So this one is something I read every year. Uh, I had, I was lucky enough to have the author or one of the authors on the, on my podcast here recently, uh, the, the go-giver mm. by Bob Berg mm. is such an amazing, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing that I need to read that every year, but it's a good grounding. Hey, you remember why you're in this, you're, you're in yeah. this to help serve people. And, and, yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those, one of those traits that my grandparents and my parents installed in me is like, help others serve others. Right. That's all you need to do. Yep. And, and as real estate investors, we, we tend to lose sight of that sometimes. And I'm as guilty as anybody. And that book is a good, Hey, let's come back down to earth for a minute and let's get grounded again. Um, 
kind of book, but The Go-Giver by Bob Berg will be my, my next recommendation. Cool, cool. Jay, um, last question before we wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? So three pillars. Um, you got to start with family. You got to start with family. If, if you know, I, I have so many requests for my wife to come on the podcast and be seen and be heard and whatnot. And she turned, she's camera shy for, for whatever reason. But if it wasn't for her, uh, we wouldn't be in the spot we're in because, and, yeah. and I don't, I say this a lot and, and maybe you're in the same spot. Um, I, I get annoyed. <laughs> I, I will grind on an issue for like weeks and she's done this for years. Right. And I will grind on an issue for, for weeks. And then finally I'll go to her and it's like, Hey, let me take, let, let me walk you through what I'm working on. And before I'm even finished explaining the scenario, she's like whips out the most brilliant answer ever. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I need to do. Thank you. So I'm learning now. It's like usually a couple of days before I go to her instead of weeks, but, yeah. uh, but without her and the, you know, the kids, you can see them all. I can't really figure out how to do that, but picture up there, you know, without them, uh, they are the motivation, you know, as you asked me earlier, um, what the big plan is. So I gave you my business side on the W2 capitalist to help a million people. Uh, for me personally, I want to, I want to provide 300 years of generational wealth um, for the family. Right. So they can sit back and talk about, um, you know, grandpa Jay or whatever they call me. I don't know at this point in time, <laughs> um, <laughs> Hey, we're here and we're able to do this because of him and for them to carry on that legacy. And, you know, it's, it's not just about, um, um, having the money to do so, but it's about having the right kind of strategies and policies and things in place that, um, I never knew existed until I started having these conversations about, Hey, here's, here's, I want to build 300 generational years of wealth. How do I do that so that my kids and my great, my grandkids and my great, great grandkids are not spoiled trust fund babies. Yeah. Right. And now yeah. we're working through that and trying to set all that up um, to where they've got to do stuff before they can, um, you know, take half as rightfully going to, yeah, right. going to be theirs. But so that's pillar number one's family. Number two, uh, know your investing criteria mm -hmm. and stick to them right? Know your investing criteria and stick to them. And then the third thing is, is, uh, your circle of friends. If you're not constantly reevaluate, and this goes with knowing your investing criteria, because as market shifts and things shift, you got to shift too, right? We're seeing a big shift right now. Almost everybody and their brothers and apartment syndicator that I run into. I don't know if that means my circle is improving or if, um, or if they're just following along or, or whatnot, I, I don't know, but you know, the, the multifamily space is, is in where I, from where I sit is overly saturated. And as we talked about some strategies earlier about, you know, where I see the market going in about a year, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm shifting to, to do that. So know your investing criteria, understand the market, and then, um, or know your investor got to your stick to them and then your circle of friends, yeah. right? Your circle of friends. If you're not constantly evaluating the people who are in your circle, then um, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Yeah. And if you're yeah. not around people who are constantly talking about the things that you're interested in, and if you're looking, listening to Todd's podcast here, um, you're interested in, in building those pillars of wealth. And if you're not constantly having those conversations with other folks, you need to change who you constantly hang out with. Right. Uh, a lot of people find that masterminds, right? 
Yep. Yep. Well, and look, and that, and that's why you listen to podcasts like this, because you've been able to listen to Jay and myself and that that's your circle of influence right there. So look, Jay, I, I appreciate you taking us through, um, this journey, this, uh, talking about the job that you had that was making you a ton of money that you just you know, obviously didn't like being able to set yourself up to be able to have a job that you did like, and then being able to set yourself up to where you, when you got laid off for whatever reason that might be, and you never know, like you were doing good. <laughs> your team was doing good. COVID hit for whatever reason you got, you got picked and it, it really doesn't matter what the reason is. Maybe, maybe it was, it was God that intervened, who knows, but um, <laughs> you got, you got picked and you got laid off and, and now you're able to land on your feet. And I, I know uh, you'll do really well with it, but it just telling, uh, telling everybody the journey, because there's a lot of people that are in your shoes that are like, you know, I got this job. This is great, but I want, I don't want more. Like, I don't want to have to depend on the job. What happens if I get laid off? Well, set yourself up for success if you get laid off. And that's what the W2 Capitalist is all about. That's what you're all about. And I really appreciate you sharing uh, that with us as well as, um, you know, the couple books and uh, your three pillars, all that kind of good stuff. So how can our listeners reach out to you, learn more about what you got going on and, and discover it? Yeah. So you can email me directly, j at w2capitalist.com, or you can uh, just hit our landing page. You'll find out more information about the mastermind. If you want to take the quiz or links to my podcast or anything like that, it's just w2capitalist.com. Awesome. Awesome. Jay, again, really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the show and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd. You too, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review. just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.